0: Welcome everyone to the second episode of the fourth and long podcast, also known as week seven. We are titling this episode soft Ass penalties because that's what we have seen. Uh, so let's get, let's get, let's get started. Uh, let's get in some juicy stuff. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to cover Zach Ertz, the three-time pro bowler tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles has finally, after tumultuous, uh, tumultuous period for him, really. Been traded uh, for a rookie cornerback Tay Gowan and Arizona's 2022 fifth round pick. So Arizona gets a great tight end after Max Williams went down injured for pretty much the season. He adds great experience, also really explosive. He's proven what he can do in Philly. Uh, he leaves. He leaves Philadelphia with the second most receptions in club history. I think that's massive and fifth in receiving yards.
1: Yeah, I've got to say it's a pretty massive loss for Philly. Um, I guess it's it's just feeling like he needs to win a ring this year. And if you're going to go to any team, at the moment, it's the Cardinals. So really good for him. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, Kyler Murray's now got how many weapons out there so it's just going to be really interesting really exciting for the Cardinals
0: exciting times for the Cardinals for sure I wonder what his target share is going to be like I mean obviously first few weeks is going to be a bit of a betting in period learning the playbook and whatnot but I think he'll get used to it quite quickly and I feel like he'll be a key key component of this offense which is very high octane and explosive they'll be definitely in for a Super Bowl shot and also on the flip side Dallas got it now but gets to be the number one unquestioned tight end and I think you're going to see a bit better production from him instead of a split share with Zach Ertz
1: yeah he's finally coming into his own I think this is his last year on his season uh, on his contract too so it's his player prop year so you know they might actually be able to keep him because he was probably going somewhere else with Ertz sticking around so it's you know it's good for both teams nice to pick up a draft pick as well you know
0: Yep, If you can trade for him in fantasy, I would trade for Earth right now if you can. Uh, let's move on to the next little bit of information. So we've got an unfortunate setback here on Christian McCaffrey, run CMC. He has been placed on IR for at least another three weeks, likely to return in November sometime. Man, that's tough to take for one, the Carolina Panthers, and two, for any fantasy owners that have Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, I've got to say the biggest hurt, in my opinion, here is actually Sam Darnold because he's the one who's really suffering ever since uh, CMC's gone. They're not winning football games, um, and that puts his job in jeopardy because the Panthers will move on from him at the end of this year if he doesn't perform.
0: Yeah, I do agree. Dona, I mean, it's a year for
1: the owners said they're looking for their best. So, you know, um, he was there. They came out and said at the beginning of the season, I think that they, uh, Donald was their third quarterback they were looking at, which makes sense. Yeah. Because he was cool. probably the third best quarterback on the market. So that means that they'll get rid of him and they'll look for a better guy. Yeah. If he doesn't perform CMC will impact that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's such a, he's such a, I mean, an A class player and a half, really for any team it sucks for them to have him have him out and look all i can say is i hope that cmc gets healthy soon cuz i want to see him back on the football field
1: mm. um, And football's better with christian mccaffrey that's for sure
0: i cannot disagree with that statement so let's let's move on to the next uh, bit here i've got here cam newton wow he gets vaccinated for covid-19 finally um yeah look the reason he was kicked out of the Patriots was because of not being vaccinated. I mean, last year he started for the Patriots and he looked really good. I have to say, he looked really good during the first few weeks. He then contracted the virus and was out and really kind of put himself in a hole. He never really bounced back from, um, and the, you know, he got, he got dropped. He got cut from the Patriots, uh, in training camp this season due to, you know, uh, breaking protocols and Bill Belichick does not stand for that kind of shit. He will kick you out if you so much as, you know, create a little murmur in the camp. So the last question I really have now is for Cam Newton is, do you still got it? Do you still have it? And who is going to sign him? I mean, he could be a viable QB2 for a number of teams. QB1? Mm. I just, I can't see it. You know, I really can't see it with the amount of talent that we have in the league now. Maybe on a few, a handful of teams, really, that may be desperate. But I don't see him as a QB1 anymore. A good backup. What are your thoughts, man?
1: Um, Yeah, Cam Newton is a bit of a shame, in my opinion. What a waste of talent. You know, that guy was MVP not even 10 years ago, and he can't even make it onto a squad. There's so many squads in the NFL. To think that he's not even a backup at the moment means that there's something seriously wrong. He either can't throw the football anymore. Um, which I don't really think you lose that. But, you know, it must be a locker room problem. That could be the only other reason. You know, it's seven weeks into the season now and he's only just got him vaccinated. There's entire teams that are vaccinated.
0: Yeah, he is an enigma of a player. I mean, you see the way he dresses, you see see the way he talks Mm. and whatnot. He could be a locker room problem. I mean, Bill did come out and say he loved him last season. So, yeah, it remains to be seen.
1: Horses for courses, I suppose. When you don't need a, if you don't need them, you don't need them. So they decided with Mac Jones. It seems to be paying off for them. They're only two and four at the moment, but I don't. Ex- I wouldn't expect them to be doing much better with Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, we will get to the Patriots soon. You guar- You know, you're going to guarantee that I'm going to cover that for sure. So yes. we'll get. We'll get to there. Uh, so the next story I've got here is the. Uh, how would I call it? The war, war of words between DK Metcalf and Shannon Sharp. Now this all started with the game, uh where DK Metcalf late in the game fumbled the ball, trying to gain a couple of yards instead of going out to take that to, to get a secured field goal. Shannon Sharp, you know, called him out for this and said it was a huge mistake and whatnot. Um I'm not sure if you have the tweets up there, but you can definitely yeah. take over this now.
1: He, uh, Shannon Sharp, came out and said, what was DK thinking? Why try to play hero um, in that situation? And then DK Metcalf fires back straight away saying, stop questioning me, little boy, which is uh, (laughs) just a step too far when you're talking to someone like Shannon Sharp. So I definitely think that's in the heat of the moment there from DK. Um, Always quite amusing when you've got these sophomore rookie players basically coming out and saying, talking trash to one of the greats. If yeah, DK 100%. Metcalf can do anything, is half as good as what Sharp did for this. Um, if he he'll can be a great player, Seahawks, yeah, like, yeah, he'll be a Seahawks Hall of Famer for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, Shannon Sharp, what a, what an athlete he was. You know, you look still look at him now. He's doing those TV uh, talk shows. He looks jacked. He looks like he'd still. You <laughs> could plug him into the NFL and he could play. You know, he could. It go looks like there. he's
1: gonna burst a vein sometimes. He just got—he's got that—he's got that killer mentality, eh? and you can just kind of see that. And I just wish someone like DK, with all his talent, maybe would just take a step back and just have a look, and just I go, think, maybe I should.
0: I think potentially, you know, this is something to watch. Maybe Shannon gets him in on the show, and maybe they hash it out, and maybe you know they become best friends after this. Who, how how good would that be? Because uh, I'd love to see someone like Shannon Sharp, you know, be a little bit of a mentor for DK. They are big guys you know of same body ilk and mm. i feel like that could be a really good sort of uh, mentor for for dk Metcalf.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah definitely for sure it, i just think it's quite a funny situation nfl always has little things like this every week <laughs> and it's just just nice to have and apart what from makes the it games- fun
0: all right let's uh let's keep it rolling and let's come to the title of the episode the soft-ass penalties we have seen through seven weeks has been atrocious. So I've got, two, I've got two things to talk about here. One being roughing the passer calls. Now, if you all saw the, uh, the Cardinals game on the weekend, Kyler Murray got a roughing the passer call. Or really, he didn't get it more like the refs through the flag uh, on a penalty for Malik Jackson, who got pushed by a... Cardinals lineman into Kyler Murray. Now, Malik Jackson basically put his hands out to brace himself on Kyler Murray to stop the momentum, so he didn't hit him. The refs threw the flag, and it was called roughing the passer. If any of you saw that, I think that's one of the weakest roughing the passer calls I have ever seen in my life. And to bring up a stat that really shows that this ruling needs a change immediately, really, or at least at postseason, it needs a review. 127 roughing the passer penalties in the entire 2020 season last year 127 whole season now compare that to this season there has been 48 roughing the passer course through the first five weeks of this season that is blast how i just don't understand i understand we're trying to predict our quarterbacks but there has to be a line somewhere where you know a little push or a shove it removes the physicality from the game this is ridiculous now
1: yeah, it looks like they're going to be on track for at least another 30, 40 more penalties this season. Um, that's too many. That's too m- too many free yards. They've got to think about it. They've got to look at it better. Um, they have to differentiate when the ball's actually been thrown before it gets called as a pass interference as well. That's another one. Roughing the pass, a pass interference, the whole lot. It's yep. all got to get looked at.
0: Yep, there is another example I have here, which was a taunting call in the Jaguars-Dolphins game where Jeremy Smith in the fourth quarter catches a seam pass from Tuatanga Wailua right down the middle and Rayshon Jenkins makes the tackle and stands over him. They call that unnecessary roughness. Uh, sorry, not unnecessary roughness. They call that taunting. I don't mm. understand how that's taunting at all. Uh, the, these, these calls are getting soft. These yards are becoming freer and freer and guys are just taking... Sweet advantage of it. The refs are just being stupid with it. I think there needs to be a, <clears throat> pardon me, a serious change at the end of the season in in regards to these calls because it's, it's it's untenable. I don't think you can move forward playing like this. No,
1: nah, definitely not. I One thing I do have to commend the NFL with when it does come to rule changes and laws and those sorts of things, they move quickly, maybe even too quickly. So if there's enough upheaval about it, and people really do have a problem with it, then something will get done. Like, they, you saw that when they changed the rules really quickly from a concussion standpoint, and when the game wasn't beginning as watched as much, they made it more entertaining. So it is really interesting now that you want to take away something like taunting, which only sport in the world where you could really do that before and it's like it was it was a draw card
0: it's fun like Like, you know guys 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 should be allowed to express themselves you know and and tell the other guy i own your ass you know like that's 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 the whole that's the beauty of nfl is like you have some dominant guys who are really out there alpha males you know strutting their stuff to take over a game and if you can't if you can't let it be heard, you know, that removes so much fun in the game. All yeah, I can say is I really want this reviewed ASAP.
1: Yeah, the, the end of the season in that respect can't come quick enough. They won't change the mandate on whatever they've told the refs at the beginning of the season halfway through. That will cause inconsistencies. And one thing the NFL likes to be is consistent. At least it is for a season. But they will, you know, they'll keep keep everything the same. They might change it. So we just have to keep looking at that. Keep, keep on analyzing it. See how bad it gets.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on to the reviews from the games this weekend. Now, I have, I mean, the Bucs and the Eagles, obviously, Thursday night football, great game for the Bucks. The Eagles fought back, clawed their way. Uh, a few things I want to point out. Richard Sherman, he got injured, hamstring injury. He's out, I think, for multiple weeks. Sucks for the Bucks. Their secondary is shot. Don't see that getting any better. Uh, Jalen Hurts struggles again. 115 total yards. Pretty poor. 12 to 26 completions. And, you know, he's really rushing for 44 yards. From a fantasy perspective, you know, managers must be happy. Because if this is his floor, what can his ceiling be? And the big story, I think, of that game. Leonard Fournette, Big Lenny. 22 carries, 81 yards, six receptions, 46 yards, over 100 yards total, and two rushing touchdowns.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, his best game in the last two seasons, mm-hmm. you know, even including playoffs, yep. you know, even when he was playoff Lenny. I like regular season Leonard. That was probably the best, one of the best calls I've heard all season from one of the announcers calling him that. <laughs> so, so that was quite good. But yeah, no, nah, great for anyone who picked them up in the and draft. That's for sure. It's uh, yeah. the Bucks are a great team to watch. They throw the ball. They get a lot of yards. Uh, the penalties are killing them, though. Honestly, yeah. the leading teams, leading weak teams are the Eagles back in the back in the game. And saying that, Eagles really good defense.
0: Yeah, they've really picked it up as of late. I agree. Yeah, um, top
1: five in passing from a defensive perspective. So you know they can stop the bucks. If a game was going to go out and Leonard Fournette was going to make this mark, it was this one.
0: Yep, I think also that the Eagles are a very young team. They have yeah. a little room to grow, so they they are definitely a team to monitor over the next two to three seasons. I th- I think Jalen Hurts has the talent to be a good quarterback in this league he can make uh, we saw some of the throws he made against the bucks you know especially this one i saw at the 20 25 a 25 yard gain from um devonte smith right down the middle before he even got there around three of those bucks linemen bang right there in, uh, sorry a linebacker is right there bang on the money in the middle before before smith reached his spot that ball was on the money between three guys that kind of stuff gives you a career in the nfl and i'm excited to see where he goes yeah
1: Two different teams in two different places in their Super Bowl paths, for sure. You've got one beginning theirs and one, you know, need to win another one or that's, you know, sort of it for them. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's move on to the London game, the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Well, you did say last week if the Jaguars were to win a game, it would be this one, and they win 23-20 to against the Miami Dolphins on Tuatunga Wailoa's return. Big performers uh, Jalen Waddle definitely. 10 receptions, 115 yards, two receiving touchdowns. That connection with Tua Tango Bailua is electric. And I think that continues for the rest of the season while he's in. The other point I've got here is that the Finns had no running game at all. And I don't know how you expect to win a game without a running game. They had Their total backfield had 17 carries, for 55 yards. That is pathetic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh pretty... Pretty poor all round. Um, I do think Tua actually had a really good game. All things considered, first game back, so I you agree. know, hats hats off to him for doing that. Uh, I don't know what more can you really say. It was he, he. I really want to see him do well, but I just don't think it's there from him. He needs to string a couple more games together before I can really say yeah, he's back and he's going to be a good quarterback for the Dolphins.
0: I think also the the Dolphins wide receiver corpse is quite injured at the moment which does not help his cause but but that does not excuse that running game i think they've got to be better on the ground to be able to really win games
1: gotta help him out you know he went 70 percent completion that's not too bad yeah it's pretty good very
0: good that's very good
1: but he's throwing it too much if you're throwing it close to 50 times it's way too much relying too much on a guy who's really
0: not like that. he's Reminiscent not, he's... of the Cowboys from last year before Dak got injured, really. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. And uh congratulations to Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and the Jaguars to get their <coughs> one win, but good luck for the next few weeks because their schedule is bloody tough.
1: Yeah, it's nice to get that duck off your back. So, good on them. Well done. Now I think it's just the Lions left last team.
0: Yep. All right, let's move on to the Vikings and the Panthers with the Vikings beating the Panthers 34-28. Sam Darnold struggled, man. Uh, he threw intercepts. He fumbled. <laughs> 17 of 41 completions. That's terrible. You cannot do that in the NFL and expect to win a game. And, the, and on the flip side, Kirk Cousins, man. Wow, am I impressed with this guy. Playing elite. 33 of 48 completions. 373 yards. Three touchdowns. I mean, that's electric. And Dalvin Cook, Galvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook cooks. That's what he does. And he's going to keep cooking. 140 yards on 29 carries for one touchdown. Huge performance. And Adam Thielen, after some quiet weeks, bursts, absolutely bursts for 11 receptions, 126 yards, and one touchdown.
1: I'm salty about Thielen. I left him out. All stats were trending towards a lockdown by Carolina and their defense, but they just did not show up. For the second best defense leading into this week, they led it through a ton of points. Really disappointed and I bet they are too.
0: It doesn't help when your quarterback turns the ball over, but yeah, I I definitely think that they didn't turn up as they should have. I think Gilmore may be back for week seven. You'll have to monitor that if you're a Panthers fan, Mm -hmm. Uh, but You know, remains to be seen how many wins actually the Panthers can get this season because they have not looked good. And I think without Christian McCaffrey there, they're going to struggle a little bit.
1: Yeah. Like I said earlier, Darnold is basically suffering because CMC's not there. And Darnold just needs a little bit of help still. You know, he's still really young, like 23, 24. He's the
0: same age as Joe Burrow. Like they're the same age.
1: Mm -hmm. And you you look at the comparison, Mm -hmm. you know. Young quarterbacks can look good when your team's firing and you've got weapons around you. Yeah,
0: I agree. All right, let's move on to a game where we thought the result would be the other way. The Chargers and the Ravens. I mean, 34-6 to to the Ravens. Uh, Ravens running backs dominated the show. Their old, aging retiree running backs decided to come up and score a touchdown each. The first time, actually, that three running backs that have averaged over a 1,000 yards a season have scored a touchdown in a single game together. That's a good stat for you. And what I noticed in this game is Herbert struggled, but so did Lamar. They both did not play well. They were aided by basically the defense. Ravens' defense is obviously better. Chargers' run defense is absolutely terrible. Don't know how much stock you want to take into that really because Herbert is still a star, and I expect them to bounce back moving forward. And another great stat to bring up, I think, is, uh, this is this was Lamar Jackson's 35th win. He passes Dan Marino, who had 34 wins, and this was before the 25th birthday. So Lamar turns 25 in January, and he now has, before 25, the most wins passing Dan Marino
1: wow that's a stat that's when a stat. you look at it when you look at it and you go this kid has still got so many years left and he's going to win a couple of super bowls if he keeps doing what he's doing it's a disappoint there was a disappointing loss for the chargers though like oh, to be yeah. honest they should have done way more than what they did um, Baltimore's defense showed up though as well and the charges just never got off the mark and Herbert really struggled because of that Herbert still has more passing yards at the moment than Lamar but it's it's really close mm-hmm. like when you look at it he's only got about five more passing touchdowns and you would still say Lamar is the best all-round quarterback in the nfl from a running passing completions everything standpoint it really boosts the Ravens' stock at the moment
0: i agree i think i think he's definitely the best in the game at the moment you'd be hard pressed to find a guy that does everything better than him at the moment and it's going to be really interesting to watch how they go i really am excited to see him in the playoffs this season and see what he can do yeah
1: i hope he goes deep in the playoffs
0: So do I. Uh, Right. Let's move on to the blowout, which we all thought would happen. The Rams beating the Giants 38 to 11. Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Stafford absolutely loves him. And I expect him to keep looking his way. The expected blowout, obviously. And, you know, with the Giants ravaged with so many injuries, it was almost expected this would happen the way it was. I don't really have too much to talk about in terms of this game because it was obviously a foregone conclusion. I do, however, want to add that uh, Kadarius Tony, instead of being banned, was fined at $12,875 for his punch-up last week. Uh, so, you know, all good things considered for him. The unfortunate thing was he re-injured his same ankle.
1: Yeah, um, you're looking at a team <clears throat> right there that one's really good and one's really bad. Uh, you've got a team that's devastated with injuries and you've got a team that's not. And you've got a team that is in the top 10 for offense and you've got a team that is in the bottom bottom five for offense. So there's only one way that was ever going to go, regardless of how the defense has performed. So, you know, expect, expected.
0: Yeah, and I just a point to note at the end of that, I think, for the giants it's really great for them having sterling Shepard back he was electric to start the season yes. and you know the quality is there he's a great slot receiver he really does he really is a main target for daniel jones danny dimes so let's see let's see what the giants can do moving forward but i think without saquon a our running game and also like everything that they have they don't have linemen etc 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 it's going to be hard so We'll monitor where they go, but I don't see much happening for the Giants here. Now, let's move on to the Texans and the Colts. Another expected blowout. The Colts speeding the Texans 31-3. to Again, don't have too much to talk about in this game because, you know, who wants to talk about a blowout? Jonathan Taylor, however, man, the kid's special. uh, 145 yards on 14 carries and two touchdowns. Kid's electric. He had a rough first few weeks, I think. I mean, he played okay. And he really has come on in the last two weeks, leaps and bounds, and has become such a force for the Colts. And the return of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Great to see T.Y. Hilton back in a Colts uni on the field. Had a good stat line. Had a good game, in fact. Can't wait to see what happens with him moving forward.
1: Yeah, the um, AFC South is still simmering Tennessee's way. And Indianapolis, you know, now... With that divisional game out of the way, you know, they really needed to get that off their their chest. And now they're two from four. So, you know, they do still kind of have a shot there at the AFC South, assuming that the Titans splutter along like they probably will. The Colts have a pretty good team, you know. They don't have the wins to show for it. And I don't think Wentz is going to take them to a Super Bowl. No,
0: no way. There's no way he does.
1: (laughs) He's a a stopgap until they find something better.
0: Well, I'm they did sure just release Jacob Eason today. I'm pretty sure, which um, which who was their backup? Coach. I don't know what the reason is behind that. but Yeah,
1: that seems strange. It's Wince's. Uh, he wants to hurt himself on the football field. Mm-hmm. Like yes, he so, does. So he gets injured a lot. So I don't know. A team like that could really do do with like a Cam Newton in the back just in case.
0: Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on because I'd really want to continue talking about that. Um, So the Chiefs beating the Washington football team 31 to 13. Where do I start? I did say Patrick Mahomes would be mad after last week. And I did say he'd come out and smash the Washington football team. And he did. You know, that's what they did. They came out and just torched him. There was, however, a few glaring mistakes. Two intercepts for Mahomes, again, with the turnovers. You know, he's not used Jeez. to this. Neither are we, really, as, as, as watchers of Patrick Mahomes. We're not used to these turnovers. He's turning the ball over at a very high rate comparatively to all his previous seasons. I'm really unsure what's happening there, but potentially maybe the pressure of having to score more than your opponent because your defense cannot keep up may be the case, but, you know, let's see if that changes. And the second thing I want to bring up is I think personally, my opinion for Mahomes, you got you to gotta separate yourself from your family, buddy. Uh, there's too many off-field distractions for him at the moment. You know, you had Jackson Mahomes, his little brother, doing a TikTok dance on Sean Taylor's number, which was roped off from everyone else. Blatantly disrespectful for a dead Hall of Famer. And then you move on to the wife, of the Patrick Mahomes' wife, blaming Tyreek Hill for an intercept. Any football fan who has watched football knew that was not Tyreek Hill's fault. And the fact that she's coming out here saying all this stuff, you got Jackson doing the TikTok. There's so much heat on that Mahomes family. You got to do what Aaron Rodgers did and just separate yourself, man. Because if you really want to be great, you got to have no distractions. You cannot have this kind of stuff happening.
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. Patrick Mahomes on the season now is, is the leading touchdown. Scorer for, for the NFL from passing, but he also leads the NFL in um, interceptions. He brings them to eight after those two from the weekend. Um, you can't look at that and say that they're going to be winning too many football games if they keep doing that. Like, you're going to beat Washington because Washington don't really have anything comparatively. Mm-hmm. But if you play anyone who's of any sort of caliber, they, they're going to punish you for that sort of thing. Another quite a glaring thing is that he's not cracked that eight yards average per throw that he's quite that that he's used to. He's only hitting about 7.7 at the moment, so they're not getting as much as what they're probably used to from him. Um, and that's, but uh, he's still hitting about 70, 70% completion. So that means that everything's sort of tightening up. People are maybe getting used to the Chiefs a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at their offense, you know, you have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And then their second, third options are just not as good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is out. Daryl Williams is starting. You know, he had obviously a good game, but it's not something you can continue to use down the stretch. And I think teams teams now have better defenses and the Chiefs haven't moved along with it. They're they're, they're, a lot of their cap is tied up in all these offensive players. It's hard to see where they get better defensively before they start to, you know, move forward because, you know, the the pressure on Patrick Mahomes right now is to score more than your opponent. And we've seen that that doesn't work in the NFL. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. It just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, it really doesn't matter how good you are because they throw the ball the third uh, the third most in the entire in the entire NFL at the moment and they're not capitalizing on it when it really matters because they're turning the ball over way too much through through the air. So, you know, they might be throwing it a lot, but they're not holding on to it. That's their biggest problem. As soon as they can tighten that up, they'll be back to being high octane and really scary.
0: Agreed. All right, let's move on to the Packers and the Bears. Packers beating the Bears 24 to 14. Uh, Damien Williams was on COVID, pardon me, COVID reserve. So that meant Khalil Herbert breaks out and carries their backfield with 19 carries, 97 yards and one touchdown. Great for the kid to get that kind of game under his belt. And the, the, the funniest or the most interesting part of this game was the rushing touchdown that Aaron Rodgers scored, going into a roll and then proceeding to scream at The Salty Bears fans, I own you. I still fucking own you. I mean, if that's not the greatest soundbite of the weekend, I don't know what is. Aaron Rodgers keeps doing Rodgers things. I mean, definitely will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he is right. He owns the Bears and has for a long, long, long time. That's not going to change as long as he's at the Packers, but that could all change at the end of the season. But, I mean... How, how, how satisfying to go to their house and just, you know, tell, tell them what it is. You know, lots of people... Like there, was, there was a lot of people actually flipping the bird at him and yelling shit at him at that time when he scored that touchdown. So, spur of the moment thing, probably. But, I mean, I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's always interesting. The NFL always brings up lots of stuff like this. And Aaron Rodgers is no exception to the media. And, uh, you know, making... Uh, you know, making himself be a headline apart from his play. Uh, he he actually ran the ball seven times that day for 19 yards, 2.7 per carry. So, you know, like, look at him go. The, you know, as you say, Tyreek <laughs> Hill's fast, but Aaron Rodgers are pretty quick there too. Yeah, um, and, crazy.
0: He's been working on his legs, man
1: yeah he was quick and you look at a guy like uh mason crosby as well the kicker he uh made his one field goal so you know that's a monkey off his back because he missed three in a row last yeah, week that and must so, feel
0: so good for the kid
1: <laughs> yeah because he needed to he needed to make that you got to you win games with your kickers so you know that's just a little little shout out to the
0: kickers yeah well done mason for that <clears throat> back and well done aaron Rodgers when i Want to see how far this Packers team can go? Because as we covered last week, it, it probably is Aaron Rodgers' last dance in Green Bay. So, very interested to see how how they can you know go through the season. Uh, let's move on to the Bengals and the Lions. So the Bengals smashing the Lions, thirty-four to eleven. Now, one of the issues I have with the Lions is their running backs. Um, how do I put this? Play calling is terrible. They had 17 carries across both their backs. Anyone who knows football and has watched Jamal Williams at Green Bay and DeAndre Swift in his first year at Detroit know that they are absolute weapons. They can be used in a number of different ways, passing, also running. DeAndre Swift looks electric when he's got the ball in his hands, you know? And for them to only have 17 carries, I don't know how you expect to win games without being able to run the football and without using really your most potent weapon is Deandre Swift. Ah, yeah, you can say TJ Hawkinson is great, but you know, most defenses can double him because there's no one else really on that roster that they need to worry about. So if I was you, I would really be trying to get Deandre Swift as involved as possible. I understand he's got slight injury, but it hasn't stopped him throughout these first seven weeks and he hasn't looked injured at all. So that's a concern that, that I think is an issue. Joey Burrow, man, the kid keeps ticking with Jamar Chase, man. They have an absolutely telepathic connection. And the kid, the kid keeps on, both kids, actually, not even just the kid. Both kids keep on impressing me. I'm excited for the future of these two. Obviously, they just need an O-line, but, you know, the sky's the limit. And for the, for the Bengals, the massive game for the, for the weekend was Joe Mixon. Having an 18 carries for 94 yards, five receptions, 59 yards, over 100 total yards, and one receiving touchdown. That's a big game for Joe Mixon. Great bounce back after a couple of eh weeks. Uh, but, you know, great, great overall game there for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, the Bengals are suffering from uh, wide receivers by committee at the moment, and uh, Joe Burrow's got so much to pick from. T. Higgins came back. He's not seeing any of the ball now. Jamar Chase is 100% the number one wide receiver at Cincinnati, and he will be for the uh, until the foreseeable future. Uh, Joe Mixon, it's always nice to have your running back who can catch the ball, who can run the ball. So, you know... There's been a, a a paradigm shift at Cincinnati, which is we're not going to throw the ball as much because we're not that quality when we throw it too much. So we're just gonna we're just gonna run the ball. We're gonna play it safe, and it's working for them.
0: And when you have a quarterback yeah. as smart uh, as Joe Burrow and who can actually throw, it makes it so much easier.
1: Yeah, and just the the the. Failure at Detroit to use their running backs effectively is costing them games. They're not scoring any points unless it's through the rush. They've got to give Jared Goff some breathing room. Run the ball twice, then throw it on third down. Run the ball once. Throw it on second down. Don't ever make him have to do a completion more than 10 yards if he can't do that, you know? Like, if you guys don't believe in him, then you need to get rid of him and get another Which player. they
0: don't. Like, clearly, they don't. And yeah. he hasn't proven that he can make those throws. Obviously, we covered that last week. But if you can't make those throws, you got to put him in a position where he can succeed. And to do that, you got to use the run game, you got to use the short pass game, and you got to use the backs that can catch out of the backfield. They're yeah. not doing that. I don't know how that's going to get any better. I mean, they fight tooth and nail every week. It'd be nice to see them get a win. But at this rate, the way they're playing and the way their scheme has worked... Yeah, it's tough.
1: It's tough in Detroit, man.
0: All right, let's then move on to what I thought was an interesting game. The Cardinals defeating the Browns 37-14. Two, well, three notable injuries in this game. Um, before, before the game, actually, obviously, with, the, with last week, Nick Chubb was out. Kareem Hunt, questionable all week with, with an issue, had, um, had a calf injury. And now he's going to be missing multiple Meeks uh, as, he, as he exited the game. Kind of tough for them without their two best running backs. And In my opinion, they have the best running back duo in the league. And yep. to have them both out, man, that's, that's going to be tough for them. And having, having Baker, he's got a subluxation of his shoulder. Now that is an injury that's going to be tough to deal with because you can easily re-injure that. Um, and it's not going to be – it's not good. It's not going to be recoverable very quickly. Ah, man, this sucks for the Browns because I think they were due for a nice season, and this might slightly derail them because if Baker's not 100%, I think they are going to struggle. Um, and the big performers, obviously, Kyle and Murray, four touchdowns. What can you, what, what, more can you say about the kid? They're improved to 6-0. And people, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Wow. Four receptions, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, I wouldn't expect these two touchdowns every week, obviously. That would be, that'd be a bit tempering expectations. But, I mean, with Odell Beckham Jr. now injured as well, I mean, he could, re- he could really step into a bit of a role here. He's played about 78% of snaps last week. So, there's potential for him to grow, and he's come on leaps and bounds since last year.
1: Mm. Kyler Murray's the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment he has the highest completion rate they might not be throwing it as much as what they you know as their counterparts but they don't need to they have everything at the Cardinals what a good time they're having in the desert and they haven't even played at home that much they played at home twice this year and they've won six games in a row now I mean they just keep rolling
0: Kyler is so so damn good I'm excited to see what they can do in the playoffs this year Really,
1: really excited. Yeah, it's just really cool. Really cool what they've done, especially with the defense, how they've gone, hey, we're going to get some good guys who are really good like three or four or five years ago. And we're not going to put a ton of pressure on you because guess what? We've got another couple of guys over here who were really good two or three, five years ago. We just need you to do what you can do. And everyone's doing what they can do
0: and and they don't have to worry about being on the field too long because Carla's just like, hey, guys, let's keep on moving down the field, you know?
1: Perfect storm.
0: All right, let's move on to my game of the round, my game of the week. Oh, well, there were two games of the week. I'm going to call this my personal game of the week. The Dallas Cowboys against the New England Patriots, 35-29 winners to the Dallas Cowboys, few notes, Uh, Patriots running game, bounce back, big. Damian Harris had over 100 rushing yards. Great bounce back from him after a really tough few weeks. Dak Prescott, again, led the charge with 445 yards and three touchdowns with C.D. Lamb breaking out as I thought he would this year. Nine receptions, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. I think the Cowboys are legit contenders this year. They have all, all the weapons, all the tools, and now they have a really good defense, man. Travon Diggs, wow. Sophomore season, super, super impressive. I like the kid. I think he's got a great future in the NFL. And I think with that defense and the way that offense is just purring, man, this Cowboys team, they, they could have something to say come into the season.
1: Cowboys, definitely Super Bowl contenders. Their, their stocks have risen significantly. Um, you know, New England played a pretty good game. They got... Unlucky on a few plays. They got helped on a few plays. If New England's defense can roll some more quarters together, give McJones a little bit more time, it's it's all, it's all happy days in Boston again. You know, like, no worries. Um, in Dallas, you know, put the party hats on, start celebrating early as <laughs> Cowboys fans do. You know, oh, start, making lots, start making
0: lots of noise. Oh, they love know? to make noise as well. There's a few fan bases that love to make noise. They are for sure, being America's team, one of them. And I guarantee you, if you know a Cowboys fan, they've let you hear about it. The last thing I want to bring up is a special honorable mention to my guy, Mac Jones. You brought him up a little bit, just a little bit before. The kid impresses me every week. He gets better and better every week. That opening drive was crazy. The kid has, the kid's got it. There's a few growing pain things that he needs to figure out. He wasn't able to see pressure on one of those hits fumbling the ball. Uh, he turned the ball over going to Trevon Diggs's island. But the ball's to go there. I mean, I, I like it. I think he's you – you, you, get, you get better defensive play calling and you get a more aggressive offensive scheme. And I think you get a nice wide receiver one in that team. And I think there is, there is some exciting times brewing for Patriots fans who just lost Tom Brady over a season ago and had basically Cam Newton starting for them, who you know, isn't exactly the most amazing quarterback that could potentially lead you to the Super Bowl. But with Mac Jones, I think they have a future. You know, next two, three, four years, I see him potentially being a problem for the rest of the league that nobody would have seen coming. You know, he's not like these other quarterbacks and the fact that he doesn't have the legs. So I'm really, really, really keen to see how Bill will mold him because, you know, Tom was of a similar similar ilk. Now, by no means am I saying they are the same because they are not. There is no way they're the same. But all I'm saying is if Bill molded Tom, Bill molds Mac, some special things may happen. I'd be happy if he even wins one ring.
1: He has the potential to at least get to a Super Bowl, that's for sure. Especially being in a franchise like New England. So, you know, well done to New England for drafting him.
0: At 15, I love it. All right, let's move on to the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, The Raiders beating the Broncos 34-24. Huge week and huge win for the Raiders, you know. Well done. I just have to clap. Well done. You did well. I didn't think they had it in them, but they did, man. Wow. They came out and really played well. I just, just uh, the Broncos, man. They are uh, shit. Simple as that. I mean, they had the first three wins against, you know, arguably the worst teams in the league. And then since then, they have struggled. But Teddy Bridgewater cannot maintain a good level of form, I think. It sucks for him. And. I just don't see the Broncos going far this year. Their division is too tough. I think for them to even come out of, even as a wild card. So I mean, I think personally, their their season's potentially over here, right here, right now. I'm calling it. The last thing I want to bring up is uh, Jerry Judy uh, placed in return from IR. So he's due as soon back as ne- uh, due back as soon as next week. Anyone that's got him on fantasy and IR start cheering because he's coming back and I potentially see another uh well wow, what we were what we were seeing week one was a breakout from him and I potentially see that him continuing that moving forward.
1: Yeah AFC West is wide open. So that was a really good div win for the Raiders there to go four and two, um equaling with the Chargers. At the moment the Chargers would just get in on a points for oh actually at I, th- I th- I'm not too sure how this would work at the moment because there's a points for for the Chargers and 148 points against 150 points for the Raiders, 147 and points against 144. So the Raiders actually have a positive differential at the moment, so they would probably go through. Well, it so, be interesting to see, really,
0: like what happens closer to the end of the season. I still think, personally, the Chargers will win that division. Over but- the Chiefs. I think so. That's my pick. My personal pick is definitely the Chargers in that division over the Chiefs. I just don't think, personally, as we discussed, the Chiefs have a good enough defense to make that team a winning, sustainable team. Chargers, mind you, their run defense is terrible, but overall, I think they are a much better balanced team than I think the Chiefs
1: are. Yeah, really interesting division to watch. Both West divisions and both conferences are really stacked at the moment, so um, both both really cool divisions.
0: Let's move on to a forgettable game I think. Uh the Seahawks and the Steelers with the Steelers edging it 23 to 20 in overtime. Okay, I got two things to talk about here. One was as as I pointed out last week in the show, Najee Harris was going to have a huge game and he did. 24 carries, 81 yards, six receptions, 46 yards, over 100 total yards and one receiving touchdown. Great game for the kid. As I expected, you know, Beautiful to see that he's starting to pick up some steam after a really tough start to the season. The other thing I'd like to point out, man, both teams suck. Both teams really suck. They will not go far this season. However, I do want to bring up that Seahawks are pretty. I, there's a respectable effort from the Seahawks, who had came into this game conceding more than 450 total yards per game. You know, and that's that's quite respectable for them to you know, not concede anywhere near that amount
1: in this game. Hard for the Seahawks to be competitive when we um, give up so many yards. Uh, I think the one bright note to put out is that they're not lost without Chris Carson. Alex Collins was top five running back this week for them. Um, They had to do something because Geno Smith is not our answer, unfortunately. And unfortunately, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, are not as good without Russell Wilson there. Oh, hell
0: no. Their ceilings are so much lower, and you know anyone that's got them on fantasy must be crying right now. So Yeah,
1: Pittsburgh's in, in tatters too. To not put us to bed properly um, is really concerning because if you're going to put points on anyone this season, it's the Seahawks. I agree.
0: All right, let's not spend too much time there because it's going to depress you. That's one, and it's going to also uh, not be exciting for me uh the bills and the titans on monday night football what on earth happened here man that is just some crazy play calling from the bills and just just a what the fuck kind of game you know i mean king henry is king henry you know and arguably obviously the mvp of this season 20 carries 143 yards and three touchdowns i mean he keeps rolling
1: touch uh one touchdown run for 76 yards just blew everyone away um if derek henry's not in contention for mvp i would like to throw his name into the hat now um, <laughs> it's been a long time since a running backs won that but you know 100%. if any if anyone can it's going to be him i agree and after the the consistency is what would should win it for him
0: yeah, sure. He's never injured, man. When do you see him take games off? You know?
1: Yeah. Barely. And this, ever. Will, and this will be his, if he's on track at the moment for over a thousand, another thousand yard season. So he'll do it again, you know?
0: Oh, 100%. So that'll be three, to, three times it. in a row? I don't doubt it, man. The, the He's an absolute stud. You know, I just remember last year, King Henry, you know, getting a carry and getting out, out outside of the lineman. And just killing or taking Josh Norman's life with a with a stiff arm. And he just seems to love destroying the bills. And here we are again. He destroyed the bills. Man, that play calling that's questionable, but I just it's it's, a, it's odd, really, where the Titans have been struggling all season to come out and beat the Bills.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's got a, you know, you got to try and shut down that run game from, from Tennessee, and the, their defense, to be honest, really let them down too. Like, you know, you can call as many odd plays as you want. You know, you've got the weapons to sort of do it with Josh Allen and that sort of stuff, but, you know, you got to try and shut down that run, and they just didn't do it. He's got 10 touchdowns this season already.
0: Oh, man. Um, anyone who has just right now, anyone who has Derek Henry in their fantasy, you and I'm talking about you, should be winning your league because that kid is a carry, 100%. Alright, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the power rankings, which have updated for me this week. I'll go through mine and then you can tell me yours and we can have a little bit of chat. So I've got at number five, I've got tied the Cowboys and the Ravens. I think they tie the number five spot for me. Since we can't put a number six spot, I definitely believe the Ravens deserve an honorable mention. And they belong there at number five with the Cowboys, who, again, obviously, impressive win against New England's defense, which, if everybody has been watching, is no joke. That's no joke of a defense. It is really elite. So, well done to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. <clears throat> at number four, I've got the Tampa Bray Gronkineers without the Gronk. So they keep rolling without Gronk. And I don't see that train stopping. Even though their secondary is shot, Tom Brady will do Tom Brady things and they'll keep winning. Matt Stafford and the Rams come in at number three. Again, a blowout win against the Giants expected, but let's see how they go against tough teams moving forward. The biggest change here I've got is obviously the. Dollar, Dollar, Bills and Josh Allen moving down to number two after that loss to the Titans. And then at number one, your Russell Wilson version 2.0 stud potential MVP of this season is Kyler Murray and the Cardinals.
1: All right. Well, I will start mine from, I'm going to start mine from the top down. Uh, so I've got Cardinals as my number one team. Uh, Kyler Murray's the best, for sure. Uh, looking at the Rams for number two, um, which means that the Bills have slid down to number three in my power rankings. Wow. And, the reason, and the reason for that is, is because Matt Stafford is passing the ball more per throw than um, Josh Allen at the moment. He's getting over nine yards per throw. Wow, so they might be they might be boring, but they can move the ball down the field basically. That's what matters. So, <laughs> yep, and I would say their defense is better too. Just just looking yep. at it, just from an outsider's looking in, I would I think they've got a little bit more more there. Uh, and for number four, I've got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, um, mainly Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Ravens <laughs> wouldn't be there, so it's basically Lamar's team uh whatever team he's on is number four at the moment nice. uh and then up for number five i've got dallas um and they're moving into the top five spot there which means that tom brady is getting knocked out and he would be my close number
0: five number six but how can you do that dallas. to my guy eddie how can you so, do that to my guy
1: yeah they're just giving away too many penalties and dallas are a bit cleaner at the moment which is um surprising to
0: say no, that's that's fair enough. It's 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 hundred percent opinion based, and I I, I would still I, I have no issues with your top five, man. I just can't find any issues there, even though you didn't you omitted the goat. Even though you omitted the goat, I still can't find any issues there. Uh, right? Give
1: it give it one or two weeks, and they'll clean it up.
0: <laughs> oh, let's hope so. All right, that's let's all move. Sorry, go on.
1: That's that's all that matters is that they clean it up, and they will. It's early yeah, days.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to the Week 8 previews. Uh, We have some decent games here. So uh, let's start with Thursday Night Football. I've got the Broncos and the Browns. I think the one thing to monitor with this game is Baker and the running back injuries. Man, this could be a tight game. I don't know which way this really could go with all the injuries. If they're all out, I could potentially see the Broncos sneaking this game.
1: Yeah, whose defense is better is the um, aim of the game on this one because both their offenses are pretty terrible at the moment. Um, it's going to be really low scoring, take the under. That's what I would say about this game.
0: Yep, not a bad shot, actually. I do agree with that. It'll be low scoring. And, yeah, as I said, I think the Broncos potentially may be able to escape from Cleveland with a, with a win and you know, that'd be huge for them to stay in the hunt in that division. All right, let's move on to the uh, Chiefs and the Titans. Now, after what we saw against the Bills, man, uh, this could be an interesting game. And let's, the, the one thing I want to monitor is whether Patrick Mahomes makes more mistakes this game, you know? And, uh, you know, he's been prone to obviously them all season. Let's see, let's, let's, re- the one thing I want to monitor is how many mistakes he makes. And the other thing is, is, is Derek Henry going to remain the king my answer probably yes
1: yeah so high scoring game for me uh take the over whatever it is because both of these teams are gonna just pump the points out i reckon uh you got derrick henry who is the leader in rushing and then you've got Pat, patty mahomes who is really up there with the passing? Uh, he might even be the leader. No, he's about third or fourth at the moment. So, you right. know, two really high, high offensive base teams here. So not a defense to speak of.
0: <laughs> oh, you're not wrong there about the defense. God, it's uh it's it's crazy how how these teams have really operated this season. I mean, the records speak for themselves, I suppose, with their poor defenses. Uh Let's move on to the Washington football team and the Packers. I really don't have much to say about this game except for the Packers will do the Packers things. Rodgers will have a good game. Devontae will have a good game. And Aaron Jones will have a good game. The Packers will have a good game. The defe- the, their defense will play well. And this should be a huge score, I think, for the Packers.
1: Yep. Uh, Vontae Bonte Adams will continue to run riot. Um Arods, twelve touchdowns, three interceptions this year. So he's looking pretty sharp. Um that's still as many as what he had all of last season, but that's that first game for you. That throws all the stats out. So if you take away the first game, he's basically doing what he did last season. Yeah. So So wow. admit, admit the New Orleans loss and the blowout and stats there, and he is doing the same
0: thing. Well, Aaron Rodgers, as everyone should know, is an old engine and old engines take a bit of time to warm up But once they get warm, man, they just pump and yeah, I got no doubt about that. That game will potentially be a blowout uh, depending on how Taylor Haneke plays, but yeah, no good news there for Washington that I can say. So if you're a Washington fan, hold on to your hard hats because it's going to be a rainy day. All right, let's uh, move on to the Bengals and the Ravens. Lamar Jackson versus Joey Burrow. That is what I'm interested to see. Who's the better quarterback? Who's the better young quarterback? Obviously, at the moment, in pure form-wise, and the way he's playing Lamar is out of this world. But it's never won like that on paper, is it? So this game, I think, has the potential to be a really good game this week. Both teams are playing really well. I believe in Joe Burrow. I'll really love the kid. I I love Lamar. I'm just a I'm just a happy spectator watching this game this week. I do feel that the Ravens should edge this game, but you know, anything can happen.
1: Yeah. Um if I was going to pick anyone this game to have a little bit of an upset, it'll be Joe Burrow. Uh, a couple of interesting things to note about the Bengals: they actually give up the tenth uh, fewest yards when it comes to rushing from a defensive perspective. Yeah. So Lamar's going to have to throw the ball if they want to get anywhere, and Joe Burrow can throw the ball. They're four and two at the moment. The Bengals. Ooh. This is a divisional game. This could. Um, this is either going to bring the Bengals up to five and two. Or it's going to send the Ravens soaring to six uh, to six and one. So yeah. they could they could even out this division, the Bengals with this win, or the Ravens will pull ahead. This is a crucial game for the season. This is okay.
0: this is my game
1: of the week to watch personally. Hundred percent. Like if you're going to watch any game, it's going to be it's going to be this game. Burrow's got wide receivers that are hot. He's got a running back that's hot. The Ravens are hot. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be really fun.
0: Oh, I cannot wait, Eddie. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to the Panthers and the Giants. Well, Sam Donald's struggling. Yes, that is a point. But my gut feeling is obviously with the, with the tumultuous injuries that the Giants had, the Panthers should win this game. Now, if they don't, man... I think that might potentially spell close to the end of Sam Donald's career at the Panthers because if he can't win a game like this, I mean, what kind of game can he win? I understand he's without CMC, but Daniel Jones is without A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. You know what I mean? So it's going to be, I, I had the Panthers to win. I can't pick a spread. I can't pick over or under, but I just have the Panthers head-to-head to win.
1: Yeah, usually I would say go with the better defense, but that bit me last week with the Panthers. So I'm still going to say the Panthers again because I don't learn quickly. Um, they're much better than the team, <laughs> the Giants. That's the uh, that's just the takeaway here. The Giants are no good. Panthers are better. Take the Panthers.
0: All right, let's move on to the Falcons and the Dolphins. Je, you know Tuatanga Bailua and Jalen Waddle are my two key players to watch this week. And whether they keep cooking, Falcons. I mean, they're the Falcons. I think. I think the Dolphins should win this game. They have a really good defense as well, much better than what the Falcons have, and they should cause the Falcons trouble really when are when when the Falcons are trying to move down the field. I mean, I don't have too much to talk about. I I'll pick the Dolphins. I will pick the Dolphins. I think I would go on the under personally, but I would probably pick the Dolphins. I think on this on this day. They need a bounce back from losing to the Jaguars last week. Tua looked great. And I think, you know, he's going to move on and potentially have another great game this weekend against a really soft Falcons defense.
1: Yeah, Falcons' last three games have been against the Giants, Washington, and the Jets, and now they play the Dolphins. So they've played shit, shit, and shit, and now they're about to play a team that's sort of good so or has potential to be good. So expect a big game out of the running backs for the Falcons because they're about all they've got. Ridley needs to cook um, for them uh, for them to really take off, but I would take the Dolphins on a really small margin here.
0: Okay, cool. All right, let's move on then to the Jets and the Patriots. Now, the last time they played, the Jets were held scoreless. So Mm -hmm. my question is, can the Jets score? Can they score on this New England defense, which is really elite? Have they improved? I mean, I think personally, Zach Wilson has improved from week one, obviously. And he has gotten better. He's obviously, you know, probably in the shittest franchise I think I've seen ever. So for him to start getting better it's going to be hard but he will he's showing that he does have talent whether he'll be elite remains to be seen but that's a story for another day potentially when we review the season i have the patriots winning this game no problemos uh, mac jones should have a good game especially after their first meeting he had an okay game i think now he's really evolved a bit in this offense and yep i've got the patriots winning probably by at least a touchdown
1: yeah, and the Jets will really struggle to score here. Um, I bet they're just glad to get the second coming of Bill Belichick over and done with for the season because um, mm. Bill likes to beat the Jets up a little bit, um, and he'll do that again. So he likes to beat
0: the, he likes to beat the Jets, but he also loves to beat up rookie quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he just yeah. That, Wilson's not having a good season so far. He leads the NFL in the interceptions at the moment. So that's not good. I think he's got nine of ten. He's he
0: definitely working very hard to beat Peyton Manning's record, I think.
1: So yeah, he's he wants to be up there in the upper echelon. So he's
0: Hall of, of Fame is there for this kid. <laughs> all right, let's move on now to the Eagles and the Raiders. Raiders with a chip on their shoulder, they came out and Absolutely cooked against the Broncos. Can they keep this momentum going? Is definitely a storyline I want to see. And the second storyline I want to see out of this game is will Jalen Hurts finally show up? Will he play like we expect him to play? He's been poor, you know, and that's his flaw, right, that we've seen over the past few weeks. Will he hit a ceiling this week? Who knows? And the other question is, Will they run the ball because they just don't run the ball. Miles Sanders is now a shadow of what he used to be. He's just an afterthought in that offense. What's, what's the deal? I don't know, but, you know, i would be interesting to see whether they run the ball. I have the Eagles edging this game, but, I mean, this game, it's got, it's got like, it's, it's got the Raiders' potential to win all written all over it. You know, they have a good defense as well. It's going to be an interesting game. This could go either way for me. Uh, one of the only games I think this week that could go either way, personally for me. Uh, you could potentially even, if you were to try to bet this game, put Raiders on a plus spread.
1: I would I um, I would. I would like a low plus spread on the Raiders, but we also need to remember Eagles are top five in pass defense in the league. And guess who likes to throw the ball? <coughs> Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> With rugs and Waller potentially being a deep threat and then your inside threat and then all their other Renvro's cooking, he definitely yep. seems to be their number one target at the moment. Uh, the Raiders could pull away, but no hurts for Hertz. Um, Hertz has really got to step up. If they want to win this game, they have to have a running game. They need to bring the running game back and they can't put this whole thing on the shoulders again. Mm-hmm. He can run the ball, but let, let's do some set plays. Let's do some made stuff for him. And so we're not just scrambling the whole time. Agreed. E- Eagles
0: winning by a field goal. Nice. All right. Let's move on to the, one of the greatest storylines of this coming weekend, the Lions and the Rams. Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. Goff returning to his once-called home. I mean, I don't have much to say about Apart from the storyline, which will be interesting, I don't have much to say about this game because it's only going to go one way. Everyone knows this. I had the Rams winning, but I think the 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 Lions will make it a little bit tough. Let's say 10 points maybe.
1: Yeah. um, If the Lions run the ball, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, Rams have got something to prove. Um,
0: Hard to run against the Rams though.
1: It is, it is, but the Lions can't throw either. So their best weapons are their running backs. Um, They need to use them no matter how how or why they can do it. Uh, Stafford versus Goff, that'll be interesting. That'll be this We proving to the Rams that they made the right decision and, you know, and the Lions are still at the bottom of the pile. It'll be (laughs)
0: 0-7 for them. Indeed it will. Let's move on now to the Bears and the Bucks. Again, I don't have too much to say about this game except Tom Brady will be Tom Brady. You know, Goat's going to Goat and the, he will continue to produce that milk. That Bears team will not survive this game. I uh, got the Bucks by at least a touchdown, obviously. Um, yeah, I got nothing really else to say about that game. <laughs>
1: um Looking at the Bucks, uh, third most offensive team in the league at the moment, compared to the Bears, which are the least. Take the Bucks at least by a touchdown on this one. Brady will be Brady. Lenny will be Lenny. Um, expect Leonard to get used a lot more now. Um, once That's Tom gets confident, at
0: the at the the back of the pile as well. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, once Brady finds someone that he likes, he goes to him all season. It's pretty crazy. You saw that in the at, at the Patriots of um, Edelman and that sort of thing. It's like mm-hmm. just an unknown guy, and then Randy they Moss. get picked up. Yeah, Randy Ma- All these dudes, he just finds them and it's like, Where's oh connection. Yeah, all these guys. So just what watch for that. Like, look at Gronk. He comes out of retirement for the guy.
0: Yeah, and they just. Cook teams. I agree. I agree. Antonio Brown, also, as worth a mention, he had a great game as well. Mm -hmm. Being a third option there, he's going to get open so much. And Tom Brady already showed that connection in New England before they dropped him. So that's interesting to watch. All right, let's move on to another game. I don't really want to talk about too much the Texans and the Cardinals. All I've got written down here is that it's going to be a blowout. I don't really have too much more to say. Take the Cardinals by at least a touchdown, probably 10. 10 to 12 points if you really want to be a betting man, go for it. It should be safe. I don't see the Texans causing the Cardinals any trouble this weekend.
1: Yeah, this is more stat padding for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals as long as they do it right. Um, this is one of those games where I wouldn't like to be a Cardinals fan because it's probably going to get a little bit hairy at one point and you're going to think, oh, my God, the Texans are going to beat us and then they're going <laughs> to pull away because yep. it's getting to that point in the season where players are tired and they might make silly mistakes. But the Cardinals don't seem to be doing that. But, it, you know, it has the potential to be one of those little heart attack moment <laughs> a games. sticky game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would the Cardinals will be looking for their bye week.
0: I would like to see uh how they will integrate Zach Ertz for this game. I wanna see really how they use him. I assume that because it's the Texans, they will and they do concede probably the most, I think, uh, you know, yards to the tight end position, which mm-hmm. the Patriots showed a lot of the other week. I think that this is a game where Zach Ertz could you know, they can start building a rapport in that offense. So there's something definitely to watch this weekend. All right, let's move on to the Colts and the 49ers. Uh, interesting game, I think. Uh, two teams that are not doing overly well or overly great. So mm. I I would put I'd pick the Niners on a plus spread if they are if the odds are not great. Mm. Otherwise, you know, the one thing to note from this game is Jimmy Garoppolo will probably start this game.
1: Yeah, um, interesting. Colts are number 15 ranked in the league for offense and 49ers are number 14. So if you want to see where the litmus test is for how good you really are, this is the the game if you're a fan for both of these teams, because it's really even for most of the stats. You've got an underperforming 49ers team and you've got a really weird Colts team that aren't really doing what they should be doing. And then when they do play well they get beaten because the other guys playing even better so it's kind of <laughs> tough um, yeah that's about it for this one
0: alright let's move on then to Monday Night Football the Saints and the Seahawks again I really don't have too much to say about this game except the Saints defense Marshall and Lattimore's they're going to have an absolute field day mm.
1: Yeah, so we've got um, the fifth worst offensive team in the league versus the worst defensive team in the league. So I don't know what we're going to get here. Jameis Winston is really underperforming. Um, He's like fifth overall for all quarterbacks at the moment, Mm -hmm. just for all stats. And it's like he's lost his job, basically. So New Orleans are on the lookout for a quarterback as well. So maybe that's Darnold's new home if he doesn't perform. Um, Seahawks are done this year yeah so watch for alex collins to have another big game he's definitely number two running back even with rashad penny coming back rashad penny's done um he won't see much time it goes collins and dj dallas for sure
0: cool all right that's comes to the end of our reviews now let's just shimmy on over to the fantasy section I've got an injury report populated for everyone who has been playing fantasy this season. So, Russell Gage for the Falcons. He is questionable, but returned to practice. He is probably likely to play this weekend. It's good news for Russell Gage owners. Latavius Murray for the Ravens. He is questionable. Left the Chargers game with an ankle injury. You'll have to monitor whether he pulls up or not. Dawson Knox, who is currently going to be on a bye week. This is the king of bye weeks, as was last week. He is questionable. He suffered a broken hair, a broken bone in his hand during the Titans loss. He has been on fire. Anyone that's owning him at the moment, well done for picking him up. He was a great free agent, ad. But I think also monitors injury. The news does say, though, that he will be okay to go after the bye week. And the bye week does offer him, obviously, an extra week to get healthy. Jarvis Landry, he could be cleared to play Thursday. Keep an eye on that. I think he probably will play this weekend, and good news for Jarvis Landry owners. Odell Beckham Jr., however, on the other hand, he had a shoulder injury. Uh, unfortunately, that may put him out this weekend. I would monitor his status because they are slightly short, I think, in the receiving department, hence why Donovan Peoples Jones obviously exploded. He's questionable to play Thursday. Just monitor that. Baker Mayfield, Again, another Brown, man. He's questionable with a shoulder injury. Expected to be limited in practice. So I would see how his practices go before you decide to put him in your starting lineup. David Njoku, another Brown. Questionable with a knee issue. I mean, I don't know how serious it is, but it's definitely something to monitor if you did pick him up off free agency. He has looked electric, and I think he's definitely a a good, great option for Baker Mayfield. But again, both those come hand in hand. If Baker can't go, David Njoku probably won't go in terms of his fantasy production. Kareem Hunt, again, another Brown. These guys are banged up, man. Calf injury, placed on IR. He'd be out multiple weeks. Unlucky for Kareem Hunt owners because he was actually playing really well this season, especially from a fantasy perspective. So I I would try and pick up a running back in the free agent market. Dak Prescott, he had an MRI scan on his calf. Uh, he was he's listed as questionable he does have a calf strain but my feeling is that if it's a slight small calf strain he will play I don't think there's any doubt that he'll play Uh, Michael Gallup again from the Cowboys Mike McCarthy is hopeful that Gallup will return to limited practice this week potentially putting his status this week uh, up in the air in terms of availability so you potentially have a chance to have him play Melvin Gordon As per most weeks, is questionable with his hip. He was limited in practice. Most likely he will be ready to go the weekend. Noah Font, He has a foot injury. He's limited in practice as well. Questionable for the weekend. I think he'll also be a go. Same as Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. Same as Font, Foot injury. Limited in practice and questionable. I expect him to be a go this weekend. Paris Campbell. Frank Reich, the head coach, says he's dealing with a serious foot injury and will miss some time. He's doubtful for this weekend. I would go as far as saying he will not play this weekend and potentially maybe even the next two weeks. So be careful if you do have Paris Campbell not to play him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he's day-to-day with a quad injury. Uh, I think it was a precautionary removal from the game for him on the weekend. And I think the way he is, they're just wrapping him in cotton wool so that he's good, obviously moving down the stretch. He should play this weekend. Preston Williams for the Dolphins and Devontae Parker are both listed as questionable. Keep an eye on that because if both are out, Jalen Waddle's floor uh, floor rises, his ceiling rises even more. Michael Thomas, slant boy, still multiple weeks away with the ankle injury. Yeah, I mean, even though he's available, he showed last season he was not that great. Obviously now with a new quarterback as well, Jameis Winston, I don't know how that's going to work. I'd rather put a bit more stock into the other Saints receivers. Darius Slayton for the Giants and Kenny Golladay for the Giants, both questionable, unsure whether they will play potentially, just keep an eye on their injury status. Kadarius Tony, who I thought was one of the best waiver wire pickups of last week. Joe Judge says that Tony re-aggravated his ankle injury, as I brought up a bit earlier. They will have further tests done. So I would definitely keep an eye out this week as to that news. Trey Lance for the Niners, he's not participating in training. He is questionable. And on the flip side, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, he pr- practiced in on Monday and will likely play. He was he listed as questionable, but I'm gonna go out and say that he will start. Trey Lance will be on the bench, and after the bye week, Jimmy G should come out and start cooking. Jermichael Hasty, the running back, obviously the injury of the San Francisco 49ers running back room is extensive and everyone should know this. Jermichael Hasty has been designated to return from IR, which means he could return within the next two to three weeks. That's great news for the Niners, who are without multiple running backs and see who really don't seem to trust Trey Sermon, which is crazy. Um, and the next, the next bit of uh, injury news there is Alex Collins for the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll says he's dealing with hip glute injury after his big game. He's listed as questionable for this weekend. And another Seahawk, Pete, Big Pete says, Rashad Penny will be back to full speed this week and likely to be available and play. I understand that you had brought up the Alex Collins number two. I would not be so sure on that just yet. I think this weekend might give us a really clear indication as to who's won who's two, and who's three out of the, out of DJ Dallas, Rashad Penny, and Alex Collins. Obviously, Carson will remain sidelined, so this weekend is definitely good to watch for that storyline. Uh, the free agency ads I have here, under 50%. Speculatively, you could pick up OJ Howard while Gronk is out. Clearly, he is the more talented tight end than Cameron Bright. I also think that Last year obviously was unfortunate for him. He got injured and was not able to play. Kind of ruined and derailed his season and his first year really bonding and getting that connection with Tom Brady. Who knows? The season might be different. They might not need to play Gronk until red zone targets. So on a normal, on a normal day, OJ Howard could be a number one tight end anywhere else. So he's definitely worth a look. Marquez Callaway for the Saints, bouncing back after a bye week. He did have a good week prior to the bye week and they do have a soft schedule coming up. I think he's definitely worth a pickup or a look at at the very minimum. Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a great pickup. You should go out and get him. With Ramondre, I think that the Patriots need to fill that James White position. And it's telling that he had three catches, I think, for 39 yards. That's great. That's really great. And I think with Brandon Bolden, He's not anywhere near the same talent level as Ramondre Stevenson. So I would definitely say pick Stevenson up now before it's too late. T.Y. Hilton, as we covered, had a good game. Pick him up if he's available. He is definitely worth an ad off the free agent waiver wire. Donovan Peoples-Jones, as we pointed out, Obel Beckham Jr. is injured. Jarvis Landry potentially will play this weekend. Who knows? It might give him a little slight bump into, uh, dip, sorry dip in terms of his usage but I think he's worth a speculative add in a team that is lacking wide receivers the two backs from the Browns monitoring Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will be interesting if neither play obviously we know that Kareem Hunt will not play if Nick Chubb does not play go out and get Dionys Johnson but last season this happened. He was the only guy left. He did. He failed to deliver. So be a bit temperamental. I wouldn't spend too much. But do know that that is a guy that you should probably add if both are out. Uh, Rashad Bateman for the Baltimore Ravens, the wide receiver. I think he's worth an add in all formats. The kid has got the source. We all know Lamar's throwing a lot now, and he can throw the football. Definitely look to potentially add him up off the free agent. waiver wire. I will definitely be looking at getting Rashad Bateman and the last but not least Rashad Penny. I know we, I know, we, I know, I know we said we don't know about the committee, but if he's fully healthy and he's ready to go and he's available to play and Pete Carroll says he's going to play, I would add him. It might be a speculative ad, but if there's nothing available, because really at the moment, if you're looking at running backs, there is nothing really available in terms of consistent production with Carson out, Rashad Penny could be the number two or the number one, right, well, with Carson out. So I think he's definitely with Ned. And that pretty much wraps up my free agency ads. I don't know if you have any to add.
1: No, no. I think you've pretty much covered everything. Um, Buy weeks are tough for everyone. Um, so, you know, you just kind of got to do what you can do. Um, I think a really good pickup for a lot of people's leagues would actually be if you need a quarterback as Matt Ryan this week against the Dolphins. Um, he's actually projected to get around about 20 odd points or so. Um, he's sitting at about 20th as overall position ranking for um, quarterbacks. So he has a lot to throw to. They throw to their running backs a lot. So, yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, rushing yards with someone like him, but you are going to get a lot of receiving yards. So he'll be a solid 15 points.
0: Cool. Any defenses you particularly like to stream this weekend?
1: Take uh, Patriots all day against the Jets if
0: you can pick them up. I hope you haven't picked them picked them up because I really want to get <clears> them.
1: <throat> I've already picked them up. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, Eddie. First thing, first thing you got to do as soon as you can, guys, is make sure you sort your defenses out because that's an that's an easy five points that you can miss out on quite quickly. Um, have a look at anyone playing Houston. Yeah. uh that sort of thing the bears would actually be a really good de- whoever's playing the bears this week that would be a good defense to pick up uh who are they playing we just cover them the bucks take the up. bucks defense cuz the bears don't bloody score any points um I agree. yeah that sort of thing uh i also would be
0: potentially the rams the this week if they're available to you which i don't think they will be yeah if
1: they would be them. available i'm just going to have a quick look We'll just see who... The I've got the player. Cardinals,
0: so I'm safe. So I really don't need to change.
1: Yeah, that's a really good defense anyway. They're pulling in a lot of, you know, they're winning every game. So that's a good defense. Yep. Yeah,
0: you could also... The Saints will be a good play this week if they're available in your league.
1: Yep. Yep, they'll be a good play. Also, maybe, maybe the Colts as well against the 49ers, depending on which quarterback they go with. If they go with Trey Lance, that might be a good pickup. Yep.
0: Just I, I, don't, I don't think they will go with Trey Lance. I mean he's questionable and my my gut feeling and I'm I'm about ninety five percent sure that Jimmy Garoppolo will start this weekend. So
1: Yeah um, yeah. That would be the
0: smart thing to do, but they have shannigans Sch- Sch- over there. Old Shannon Hannigans. I love his Shannon Hannigans because I had Trey Sermon, and he has kind of screwed me in uh, every single category. I thought, I mean, you know, who would have thought that their their early round running back would be displaced by their late round running back? It's a crazy, it's a crazy Shanna Hannigan world we live in, man.
1: It is unfortunately, but you know, the 49ers still have a. You've still got some good players there. If you've got Kittle, you'd be happy about that, you know? Yeah. In a depleted tight end position. But, you know, bye weeks are tough. you just kind of got to do the best you can and play your matchup.
0: I agree. I agree. No,
1: don't try. It doesn't matter about scoring more points than everyone in the league. It just matters about scoring more points than your opponent.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode two or week seven. And this also rounds out day 573 of Auckland's never-ending lockdown. For those of you who don't know, we in in, in, in New Zealand, Auckland are currently in a COVID lockdown and have been for the last three months. Obviously, I'm exaggerating by saying 500 odd days, but it does really feel like 500 odd days and it doesn't look like it's opening up anytime soon. So we will catch you all next week for episode three week eight thanks everyone for tuning in hope you enjoyed it and uh yeah tune in next week to uh get some more juicy news
1: all right see you guys next time